the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Geico Motorcycle. The following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is the conclusion to the Fellowship of the Light. It's a broadcast we started yesterday, but due to our time constraints, we're unable to complete it, but we'll do so here now. And you can listen to the entire message at reachingyourheart.com. Just look for the broadcast schedule there on the main page. Our phone number here is 877-788-5371-877-788-5371. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. The first truth about God and Paul's blessing is the truth that God is worthy of blessing in the midst of trials. And the second truth flows out of the first truth. Truth number two, God is the Father of of mercies. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 3 that God is the Father of mercies. For Paul, mercy is not something given in a cold legal setting that makes us not guilty before God and does nothing more in life. Mercy isn't some theological idea you can just stick into a thesis and write about it. No, mercy is a favored Attitude is a fatherly favor that is given to the Christian life. Mercy is something that comes to life in your life because God is your Father. Friend, mercy is what you need when you are down and dead and when you are beaten and broken. You cry out for Daddy to deliver you. That's what mercy is. God is not a judge at that moment. God is a Father full of mercy who delivers. You see a picture from the Oklahoma tornado of a father scooping up his daughter in the midst of the storm. And that picture captures the concept of mercy for me. God's mercy comes as a father's love to us. Friend, God is not a judge at the moment of mercy. God is a father full of favor who delivers. James 1.17 Every good endowment and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Truth number three. The third truth about God is like the second. Not only is God the Father of mercies, God is also the God of all comfort. Notice that Paul could have said that God is the Father of all comfort, but he didn't say that. Fathers can comfort Fathers can encourage. But Paul chooses to use the word God instead of Father here for this one idea. Paul says he is the God of all comfort. We were raising our boys. Can't believe they're almost grown up. Well, they got a ways to go yet. They may be tall. They're not quite mature yet. That's why you need a father late into your 40s, you know. I'll hang in there and be a dad no matter what it takes. I can tell you forthrightly here that my boys at times would skin their knee. They would injure themselves, break a bone, 
And Diana was very good at dealing with that. I wasn't as good. I learned from my wife what to do in those circumstances. She would say, come and I'll kiss your owie. Have you ever done that as a parent? You get a bleedy, yucky wound, you kiss it, and somehow it makes it feel better. And then my boys would come to me, Daddy, would you kiss my owie? I said, sure, and I kissed the owie. And then I got better at it. Friend, when you have an owie, And when you're hurting bad, is God close enough to you to embrace you and to kiss your owie? That's not silly talk here. I'm talking about, can God bring love to your hurt and harm? Can God come into your challenge and embrace you at that moment? The truth is absolutely yes. But there are times when a father and mother can fail in kissing owies. Diana was better than me. To comfort someone, you must be strong enough to comfort them. Paul uses the word all because there's only one being in the universe who's strong enough to comfort us in every situation. And it moves beyond the idea of father and mother here. To be able to comfort in everything, you must be God. You must have all power to provide all comfort. So God is the God of all comforts because He's not too big to be in your life. He can be small and big. And he's large enough and mighty enough to take care of every need. The Greek word comfort is paraklesis. It can be translated as we have here, comfort. But it literally means a calling near or a calling to the side. This word is the basis for the Greek word parakletos used to describe the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16. John 14, 16, 18. And I will pray to the Father. And he will give you another counselor. Here it is, the parakletos, the one who is called alongside, the one who comes near to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. In the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes to us. In the gift of the one who comes near, Christ is there. The comfort of God is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which brings the presence of Jesus and the Father right into our hearts. So why do we need to get up at this time of our existence and get here at 9 o'clock in the morning to pray for the Holy Spirit on Sabbath? Because we need the comfort of God. We need the strength of God to overcome sin. We need the love that only God can give us to reach out and save the lost because we do not have it in ourselves. We need to be reborn in service for God. And only an attitude that comes through the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, can give us the mind of Jesus in the midst of this church and for our future. The comfort of God is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which brings Jesus and the Father right into your heart. God's comfort, friend is not advice when you are down. God's comfort is God Himself in your mind and emotions. His presence with you through difficult times. Now, my dog, Smokey, has taught me a thing or two about comfort. Smokey is a lot easier to live with than Avalanche. This is true. He has a few failings. He will chew my shoes up. You know, I can't afford to buy new shoes. He's taken every one of them just about, and he's put his teeth marks into them. My son came home from the school in Montana. He left his church shoes out. The dog ate him up. My son came to church this morning in tennis shoes. He had no option. Now, Smokey, while he can cause trouble, for the most part, is a good dog. If you're gone all day, and I have to put him in his kennel sometimes, when I come home in the evening, he's rattled. He's not rattled because 
he's not in a good environment. He's rattled because he isn't near his master. He's a social creature. He has this blue healer, which is a cow dog. He has to be around other animals and his master as he's herding. He'll try to herd the cats. He'll go through the house and he'll herd the cats. He won't hurt them, but he'll herd them. It's something to behold. But when he's really rattled, there's only one way to comfort him. I'll take him on his leash. I'll take him outside. I'll open the car door. He runs right into it. There's a seat right next to mine. He'll sit up in the seat looking through the window, look to the left to make sure I'm coming in too. I close the door. I sit down. And I'll start the car, and then he'll kind of melt into his seat, roll his head into my lap, and that is comforting for him. He wants to go down the road and go for a drive with his master. He does not want to be left alone in the house. And I've learned something about that. You see, God is our master and our Lord. We find the God of all comforts when we come into his car, not ours when we put our head in His lap, when His presence is assured, when we move down the road of life and we are with Him, we have the God of all comforts and the comfort that we need. But when we're at variance with His will, when our will is placed against His, we have no comfort. So to have God, we must be in His car, not in our present situation. Let's review the three key truths of God in these verses we've seen so far. Truth number one, God is worthy of blessings in the midst of difficulties and trials. Truth number two, God is the father of what? What does it say? Of mercies. Truth number three, God is the God of all comfort. Not some comfort, but all comfort. God cannot comfort you any more than you'll let him. But God can comfort you because God is all powerful and all personal, the God of all comfort. So let him in to comfort you. God's comfort comes to your side when God's comfort brings all of God to you through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So matching these three truths about God, there stands three truths about you as a believer in God through Jesus Christ that we need to look at right now. Truth number one about you. God comforts you so you can comfort others. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4. God who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. If God cannot comfort you in every affliction you have, then God cannot use you to comfort others. But God can do that. And because God can comfort you, you become an agent of making a difference in someone else's life, of bringing comfort to them. The history of God's people is the history of affliction because God's people are the salt of the earth. It is difficult for the world kingdom system to love his people. They don't. The experience of God's people is the experience of suffering because God's people are the light of the world. The love of God cannot be hung in the heart unless it is framed by suffering and affliction. If your walk with Christ has always been easy, now hear what I'm saying. If your walk with Christ has been easy, and there have been no trials and no struggles for you, you better reassess it and see if you're in Christ at all. It is most likely the case that you have not yet actually come to know Jesus Christ. I do not know a single Christian who does not face opposition to live for the Lord Jesus. 
Paul is saying that you cannot give comfort if you have not received comfort from God. And you cannot share grace that did not come to you first from God. The second truth about you in relationship to affliction is the truth that God's comfort comes in direct proportion to the suffering you endure as a Christian. You don't need comfort if things are going well. You need comfort when challenges are in your life. 2 Corinthians 1.5 For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. Now what do we share abundantly in according to that verse? Look at the verse. We share abundantly in His what? His sufferings. Have you ever got on your hands and knees and said, Lord, give me a lot of trouble so I can share with Christ? You ever prayed a prayer like that? You haven't, have you? But if you want to share with Christ the challenges that are part of growing as a Christian, of giving in to God, of reaching out to others, of facing those who will oppose you as you serve God, the sufferings that come when you step out of that which is the comfort zone, and you step in to real discipleship with God. He says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. The key word is abundantly. The Greek word translated abundantly is actually a verb, and it means to abound, to be rich. To share in the sufferings of Christ in this verse in the Greek makes you rich in Christ. It deepens your character. It gives you a trophy of mercy and victory for eternity. And my father was dying of a painful disease. He died at the age of 44. I'm 56 years older. I was explaining to my son on the way to church that your life situation, your view of yourself changes when you outlive your father. And my father, before he died, he was suffering from a terrible liver disorder. Bile had built up and I could see him in awful agony on a very regular basis just before he died. Those two months were terrible. He shared this quote from my favorite theologian found in the book, The Desire of Ages, page 225 to 226. He shared it with me. He said, Mike, this is how I make sense of this. Do not forget it. It reads, God never leads His children otherwise than they would choose to be led if they could see the end from the beginning and discern the glory of the purpose which they are fulfilling as co-workers with Him. And of all the gifts that heaven can bestow upon men, fellowship with Christ in His sufferings is the most weighty trust and the highest honor. If you're going through difficult times in your life, God has honored you. He has bestowed His riches upon you so that you can be rich in the comfort that comes from Christ. Philippians 1.29 For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. It's a gift. In 2 Corinthians 1.5, Paul says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ... We share abundantly in comfort too. The Greek says here, just as, even as. Friend, God gives us comfort in direct proportion to our sufferings for His name's sake. If you are a Christian and you have abundant suffering for Jesus Christ, maybe your health has just fallen apart. You're trying to be a witness and here you are struggling to hold on to faith when you feel your life situation changing. Maybe you've been attacked because you took a stand for Jesus in your workplace. Maybe 
you have been attacked within your own home because you're trying to order your life to follow Jesus Christ and family members go after you trying to compromise so you don't have to do this anymore. Whatever it is, friend, the gift of suffering is for you the grace of God in your life. God will not lead you into the first without giving you the second. He will not lead you into suffering without giving you comfort. And the comfort is the presence of Jesus. Truth number two about you. As a follower of God, here it is. Affliction comes to you as a believer so others can be saved when they see God's comfort in you. 2 Corinthians 1.5, the NIV. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. If you read the book of Revelation, it's very clear. The final generation that gets through the mark of the beast, that stands with God on Mount Zion, that will not bow down to the world kingdom order at the end of time. The statement is made immediately following the proclamation of the third angel's message, which says, if any man worships the beast in his image, receives a mark in his forehead or his hand, he'll be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. There will be a generation that goes through a final test at the end of time that will see Jesus return. And that test will be the evidence that there will be no more generations to follow. It will be the last generation. And as soon as the mark of the beast issue hits North America and it moves global in the book of Revelation, the statement is made in Revelation 14, 12, here are those who keep the commandments of God and who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Right before that statement, it says, here is a call for the patient endurance of the saints. Friend, we need the comfort of God to endure. We need patience to endure. When a believer is overcome with affliction, the road looks dark, and it's easy to feel like God is gone. But he uses the very suffering at the end of time of those who endure the mark of the beast to awaken the Christian world to what the Bible has taught for centuries, to bring it back to apostolic Christianity and to prepare the planet for the coming of Jesus. In the tough times when your faith is on trial, God comes to you right now with a second blessing and He says, come into the fellowship of the light. In affliction, God renews you in Jesus Christ. And the cross becomes more than just a memory of forgiveness when you first saw the light. The cross becomes the key to the fellowship of the light in the journey on the road to the light. The cross becomes a treasure in the midst of affliction that you choose to carry for the rest of your life to open the door to God at every single important event and to know that He will lead you through the darkness to the light. When a person is young, they feel invincible in life. Am I right? No. What happened to this generation of buoyant young people? Am I right? Come on. My son has got into rock climbing recently. It scares the death out of me. I pray a lot for him. I taught him how to do it, though, when he was a kid. We went on small rocks. Now he's going on big rocks. Brenda was invited by her friends to go mountain climbing, rock climbing. She didn't think twice about the risk. She accepted the invitation. She went. And as she was climbing up a cliff, she found a ledge where she could catch her breath. As she was hanging in place, the safety rope snapped and a piece of the rope hit her face and knocked her contact lens out. She was hundreds of feet above the ground and she could barely see anything. 
She looked for the contact lens as best she could, but she couldn't find it. She was far from home. She was way up high. Danger was right there. She was afraid. And she was just scared she couldn't make it down. Suddenly, she was not invincible. She was in a situation she couldn't fix. So she bowed her head and prayed right there. She asked the Lord to find it for her so she could see the way out of trouble. She managed to climb the little distance to the top where she waited for help to arrive. She was not moving unless someone led the way. When she got to the top, a friend examined her eye and there was no trace of the contact lens. It was really gone. As she was sitting there waiting for the rest of the climbers to make it up to her, a verse came to her mind. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth. She prayed again. Lord, you can see all these mountains. You know every stone and leaf. You see every grain of sand out here. And you know exactly where my contact lens is. Please help me. With some effort, a friend helped her down the trail to the bottom safely. When she got to the bottom, she heard a climber say, Anybody lose a contact lens? Now, finding the lens was amazing enough. How it was found blew her mind. The climber said he saw an ant moving across the face of the rock carrying a contact lens. When Brenda could not see, God saw her need. He provided a friend to get her down the mountain as her second set of eyes. And then he appointed an ant to give her back her contact lens so she could see and move on. Dear heart, it doesn't matter how difficult a time you're going through. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how harsh life circumstances have beat you down. You may be stuck in a situation where you can't see a path with hope in it. And you may feel like God doesn't see you in your life situation right now. But more profoundly, you may not see God and you want to see Him in your life. Friend, God sees you and God loves you as a father and a friend. There is a friend not far from you and through His comfort, you can see Him too. He will not leave you blind forever. Take your Bible and open it, read its promises and see the living Jesus there within. And be comforted. Seize the cross where you first saw the light and learn to live again in the fellowship of the light, whether you're happy all the day long or not. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also might be manifested in our bodies. It is easy to receive the cross and be forgiven when you first saw the light. But it's hard to hold on to the cross as a way of life and to forgive others as you have been forgiven. When darkness is the perfect storm and you can't see the light, it's not always easy. That's why endurance, faith, is the friend of the Christian. Every Christian comes to a point in life 
when they must choose the cross a second time and hear God say in the darkness, let there be light again. The worst kind of darkness is a storm. And the fellowship of the light is the only way out of the storm. God's call at the end of time is the call to the fellowship of the light. A call to Jesus. A call to suffer in His name. A call to be one with His people no matter what it costs you. A call to God of all comforts in the fellowship of the light. Dear Heavenly Father, You know the heart here today that yearns to be free from the trouble they're facing. You know, the life that has been afflicted and is still afflicted. You know, the person who has faith in the midst of the storm. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, may they quit praying to get out of the storm. May they pray at this time for God in it. And Lord, you will lead them out. You don't leave us this way forever. But Father, may God be in it. May the voice of God speak from it to the heart that needs to hear. And may the will be surrendered to Him. The life be given. And Father, thank You for the journey. The fellowship of the light. And thank You for the end of the road where You are there too. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast was entitled The Fellowship of the Light. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Just look under the broadcast schedule there on the main page. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the address. Reaching Hearts International, 15300, Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. That's 15300 Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. You can also donate online at reachingyourheart.com. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area, we'd love to have you at the worship service. It's tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Currently at Cedar Ridge Community Church, you can find driving directions online at reachingyourheart.com. For Pastor Mike and everyone here, please also know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.